And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shout my cake hole. You know it's already been Halloween, right? <laughs> it might be Halloween again by the time we post this, who knows? <laughs> and today we are going to be talking about the 14th episode of the second season of Supernatural titled Born Under a Bad Sign. Jamie, what did you think? I don't know why it's called Born Under a Bad Sign. Yeah, it's not super clear. I can't. <laughs> like, the mental math in my head doesn't make sense. That's, look, that's fair. Straight out of the way, all the spoilers on the table. It's an episode essentially about Sam getting possessed. Yes, by Meg. By Meg. Hats off to Meg. Yeah. An icon. But no, like, I don't understand why they would title it. That. Do you have any insider information to tell me why they would call it that? Nothing is springing to mind. I'm sure if we looked into it, there's probably some sort of explanation. I mean, there would have been a reason why they called it that. I just don't think it's inherently obvious just by watching the episode. Like, I would have to look into it and, like, try and figure it out. One thing that I noticed in this episode that was really different to other episodes we've seen, which in... Uh, the Usual Suspects, we saw, like, the kind of flashback montage type, yeah. which is relatively new to the yeah. series. In this episode, it, like, starts off, first of all, straight in the action. It's like, Sam's missing. Yeah. Like, well, what the fuck happened to Sam? It feels like we've time-skipped, like, yeah. a couple weeks, and we find out later we sort of have. Yeah. But all of the shots are very snappy, like, very quick changes between shots. There's, like, close-ups, and there's long shots and wide shots, and then there's random cuts... Like, it really feels like choppy. you're trying to, like, to me, it really feels like they're trying to throw you off, like the characters are thrown off. So you sort of feel, like, unsteady, yeah. like the characters feel like, unsteady. There's lots, yeah, there's lots of quick cuts, quick movements, and it, like, it's quite effective in terms of building tension, I think, because it doesn't allow you to settle and feel comfortable in any given moment. Like, there's no oh, okay, this is why where we are for the next three minutes. It's yeah. like, oh, 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 like, it just, like, it just keeps... Yeah. Changing. Um, so I think as a technique, if that's what they were going for, it was very effective. It was just like a difference yeah. in... Storytelling through visuals. Yeah. Yeah. A diff- and difference in like timekeeping, I guess. Yeah. One other thing they did that was new, uh, they gave Sam amnesia. Is this a reoccurring thing? Because this is like <laughs> the second time Sam's gone missing. Like it's the first time amnesia has been involved. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the second time Sam's gone missing. Like we're only in the second season. So there is a, like, supernatural-specific trope, which is that, like, usually at least once a season, the brothers have some kind of argument and they're like, we're better off apart, or like, I think I need some space. Like, it happened in season one. Scarecrow. In Scarecrow. Yeah. And so each season, there's usually at least one episode where they're kind of at odds with each other and they decide that they're going to go their separate ways and it's all very melodramatic and it lasts about 20 minutes. <laughs> usually so I think this is sort of like one of those scenarios obviously it doesn't even last 20 minutes but it's just one of those things where and it's also explained away by Sam is the possession yes but in a way yes it does kind of become reoccurring so I have that to look forward to <laughs> um, I love the melodrama one thing that I do want to point out is something that I think you brought up way back in like the first few episodes of season one. In Dead and... No. In Phantom Traveller. I feel like I brought up the Ooh. point of how the fuck uh, do we know they're not going to get possessed by the demon. Because Dean is anxious as all fucking hell about flying. Yes. This is not the point that I was going to make, but this is an excellent point in and of itself. Yes. Bobby. Fucking finally. First of all, love Bobby. Bobby is the real MVP. Honestly, 
Bobby is as Fuck good supernatural. as... I just want a show of, like, Supernatural but following Bobby. Like... Bobby is as good at being a hunter as everyone hypes John up to being. Like, Bobby is the one who's actually good at it. And, like, but he's humble. Bobby's not going to leave cryptic fucking messages. Bobby's not going to abandon his boys. No. <laughs> he's going to exercise the shit out of the demon that's in one of his boys. That's what he's going to do. I love Bobby. But not only that, he knows immediately something's wrong with Sam and he gives him the holy water in the beer. Exactly. Well, and also, this is just the sort of thing that Bobby will just do. Like, he doesn't know. He, he will just, like, you show up to my house unannounced. I'm going to test you. And it's like holy water. So if Sam had drunk it and just been Sam... Yeah. Wouldn't have even fucking known. It uh-huh, would have been uh-huh, fine. Uh-huh. Exactly. Because Bobby is a good fucking hunter. One thing I will comment on that I did love this episode is they really committed to how shit security footage is. When they're at the home of the other hunter who Sam has yes. murdered while possessed and they're going through like the security footage of a, like, let's see what actually happened. Yeah. The security footage is trash. I know. You can barely tell it's... I. It's like, oh, I can... Do you know what? It'll probably be because it wasn't a Jared. It would have been like some kind of stunt double. So they're like, well, <laughs> we'll just make sure that you've got the right shaped nose and a, the correct wig. <laughs> but like they really committed to like how shit that security footage is. Yeah. Like they're not pulling none of this like, oh, it's perfect footage. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Um, that shit is grainy as hell. I it's know. It's black and white. You can't even tell jack shit. You can barely tell who got murdered, let alone who committed the crime. Yeah. Um. Also, I realized I never finished my point about why. I just started talking about how much I love Bobby and okay, I forgot sorry. what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> my point was, at the end of the episode, Bobby gives them the anti-possession charms. Yes. So, because, yes, in Phantom Traveler, I mentioned to you that later on, they get certain things along the way that prevent them from being possessed. This is not actually the thing I was thinking of, but it is an example of, like, various bits and pieces that they have that, like, prevent this sort of thing from happening all the fucking time. I did actually have a different thing, though, from an earlier, like, I think season one episode that you brought up, and I was like... Am I finally becoming a prophet? (laughs) Well, it's more of a pattern, which is Sam expecting Dean to magically have all of the answers, even though they both have the same information. Do you remember we talked about this when Sam was like, we've got to find dad. And Dean was like, how? And Sam was like, I don't know, how? And Dean was like, we have the same. And you were like, I don't understand how Sam expects Dean to just pull the answers out of his ass. I was like, this is exactly the same. Sam's like, I have no memory. And Dean's like, okay, okay. And Sam's like, well, what does it mean? And Dean's like, bro. (laughs) To be fair though, that wasn't Sam. He True. was, in fact, possessed at the time. Okay, but Meg was really in character. She was. <laughs> She's, She's a an method actor. Understand. Yeah. Uh, I do have a question, though. At any point, like, at what point did you realise Sam was possessed? And did you realise it was Meg? Yes. Yes to both? Yes. Oh, yes. Tell me when and how. So, I realised that Sam was possessed when it come up with, like, the revelation that he'd killed somebody. Okay. But... I was incorrect, I will say this. I was incorrect. I thought that he had been possessed and was no longer possessed and had been uh, used as sort of a meat puppet to murder the other hunter and then, and then just sort of ditched. Mm-hmm. And that's why he couldn't remember anything. Yeah. But then I realised it was Meg when Sam as the demon has the line, I go by many names. Oh. Because if it was another demon and they weren't trying to hide which demon it was, they could have given a name and it wouldn't have mattered. 
Huh, that's fun. But because they said, like, I go by many names, it's like, well, why would a demon not just give the name? Give like, the name. Why not just choose any random name? Yeah. Unless it's a specific demon that we have met before, and Meg is the only specific demon that we have met before that it could be. Like, who's a reoccurring? Because it could have been the yellow-eyed demon, but, like, Sam didn't have yellow eyes, so it's not Yeah. Him. Like... Yeah, I that's really interesting. I actually picked it up not from the dialogue, although I find it very interesting that that's how you picked it up because I didn't even consider that as a possibility as like a a, a lead in, I guess. Mm. I had actually completely forgotten that that was the plot of this episode. I actually went into this episode pretty blind because I don't think I've rewatched it in like years and years and years and years and years. I don't think I've rewatched this since I've got my roommate to watch Supernatural and honestly, I don't remember if I watched this episode with her, so I may have only seen this one, like, once before. I know, so I went into this, like, barely... You are basically me! I went into this barely remembering the fucking plot, to be honest with you. And so I'd forgotten it was Meg. I picked it when she was torturing Joe because I think Jared's acting in this episode... Oh, yeah, once I worked out it was Meg, I was like... You can That's s- the exact same thing that the actress who played Meg nailed did. the like mannerisms. He and- very clearly looked at what the actress who played Meg did and yeah. decided to take some of those mannerisms so that it was cohesive yeah. and, and convincing. And it worked. Even like the speech pattern like was decidedly hers and like the delivery of the yeah. lines and like that so I noticed in the interaction with Joe. Hmm. That was when I was like oh like when um she was on the bit she being Joe had been laid over the bench of the bar. Yeah. At that point, I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure this is Meg. And then the next scene where she's like tied to the pole, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely Meg. And so Meg yeah. has one MO, it's tying people to poles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> but yes, no, so that's really funny that we both picked up on it at like different points for different reasons. But yeah. And I do want to like say credit where credit's due. I think Jared actually knocked this episode out of the park. I think, um, and the characterization of Meg is very well done to the point where like, you can see it, you know, who like, you know, what character he's playing. Okay. I have a vital question about that. Do demons have genders? That's actually a very interesting question. Cause I just want to know. Does Gilboss gatekeep gaslight still apply to Meg even if she's Sam? Okay, so here is the interesting thing. You've got to go full queer theory on me, aren't you? I'm going to do a full supernatural demon law thing on you. So a demon in terms of the supernatural universe is a human soul that has been cast into hell and then through the eons of torture becomes a demon. So every soul that goes into hell ends up being a demon. So every demon we interact with on the show has at some point been a human being, which means they have an identity. That's why they all have different personalities and they have different drives and different like things that make them tick. And so Meg, it's unclear with Meg if she took the name of the initial like vessel, the blonde girl who died in season one, or if Meg was her name prior to her death. Yeah. Yeah. So demons as having been previously humans, yes, they have a gender. That gender doesn't change regardless of which vessel they are possessing. So, for example, and this is true of uh, angels as well, so they have, like, they technically have no gender, as it were, because the angels are their own species, but the angels that we come to know tend to have a vessel, like, 
a gendered preference. In terms of their vessels. Yes. And there are some angels that swap between male and female. So it it is an interesting So the short topic. answer that doesn't take five minutes. Sorry. Is yes, <laughs> demons were originally human, so they technically have a gender. Like with people, like your gender might feel fluid. So you, for example, like there is an instance later in the series where we have a demon who we identify as male, goes by he, him pronouns, and is always in a male vessel. At one point is in a female vessel. And they kind of make like a joke out of it, quote unquote joke, where one of the other demons is like, well, how do we address you? And he's like, he's like, well, I'm still the same. Like, it's still me. You dumb fuck, I just look different. Like, you address me exactly the same way you always address me. But yes, so no, the gender politics of demons and angels is actually very interesting, and I'm very excited to get into it, like, as you sort of get to that point in the series. But no, it's Meg. Yeah, it's Meg. It's Meg. How do you feel about that? So excited for Meg. So excited. And it's like, she's out of hell, Mm -hmm. so she's freewheeling, so she's she's back in the game. She can appear at any time. She's out and about. And the thing is, now that her, her initial vessel that we knew her in is gone... She could look like anything. She could look like anyone. So, anyone could be Meg from this point on. So I'm on Megwatch. You're on Megwatch. Megwatch 2K22. No, it's going to be 2K22 by the time this releases. Oh my god, we're time travelling. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I've got the same weird reaction to that. (laughs) Um, Which, okay, speaking of Meg, speaking of Hell, Uh she mentions she saw John there. Did we? Did you know that John was in hell? I can't remember if we've talked about this. We well, there's Has nothing been... to be confirmed. Okay, so this he's... is the first like confirmation that, assuming she's not lying, is yeah. the first confirmation that we've had. Because there was the mention actually, and I think there was a mention earlier on about oh, how he's suffering in right. hell and like, oh, does do you, like your daddy died for you and now he's in so hell? This is how like, does that feel? So this is like further confirmation. Yes. Yeah, so this has... is two separate people have said that John is in hell, and like, yeah. honestly. This is like when your parents tell you, like, don't climb up there. You're going to fall down and hurt yourself. And when you fall down and hurt yourself, your parents go, I fucking told you. Yeah. You did this to yourself. Yeah. You're a fucking idiot. And now you're in hell. Suffer. Yes. In today's episode of We Hate John Winchester. (laughs) We end up here a lot, don't we? Oh, it's because he sucks. (laughs) We're not shy about our opinions on John in this podcast. I mean, we're not shy on our opinions of a lot of things. No. <laughs> but, um, Speaking of reoccurring characters. Yes. Joe! 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 Yes. Joe! I, after every reoccurring character, I was just like, oh, I just got Joe! so excited. Yeah. Yes. Joe, who we now know from Ellen previously. She's out on her own. She's mm-hmm. hunting. She's clearly picked up like a part-time job to support herself. Yeah. We love this. Independent. We independent stand. lady. I am a little bit disappointed that we had to watch her be overpowered by Sam. But it does to be fair, Sam make sense by a demon. within the context of Meg is trying to do everything she can to make Dean kill Sam. Yeah. Like literally everything she can and like it makes sense that targeting someone that Dean likes and the chances of her successfully, like, targeting, like, Eleanor or one of the older, more experienced. Yeah. Or, like, Bobby or something. Low. Yeah. Like, as evidenced by when Meg does try to target Bobby, not successful for Meg. I would say that. Yeah, that's one way to put it. With Joe, I, I love Joe. I do. I think that this episode is interesting because, obviously, they highlight that she's got a little bit of a thing for Dean. Like, they explicitly state it. And Sam pre- 
pretends, or Meg, I guess, as Sam, pretends like he cares. <laughs> Though, to be fair, that entire scene is just, like... Uncomfy to the max. And Meg is just straight up lying. Like, oh, there is literally yeah. the quote, uh, well, Dean's more like my father than I am. Yes, I wanted to talk about that too. Because <laughs> I, I saw that and I, to the point where Didn't I like... did your mother ever tell you it's rude to point at people, Beth? I'm sorry. <laughs> I literally, when they said that on like, when I heard that line, I was like, oh my God, I whipped my phone out and I wrote it down and I put in brackets, Beth strongly disagrees. <laughs> I was like, no... Like yeah, the Did fact- you just talk about yourself in the third person? Yes. <laughs> I get it, I'm insufferable. <laughs> yeah, I straight up lies. You know, like Sam being like, you know, that was my father, not me. Dean's more like my father than I am. And I'm like, bitch, have you met yourself? <laughs> have you met your sibling? Have you met your father? <laughs> you know, like Dean thinks he's... Dean wants to be like John, but he's not. Like, thank God. Sam actively tried not to be John and became him. Like, it's just one of those things. Not, obviously, Sam is not the same as John, but, like, in terms of, like, his rage and what drives him and some of his priorities. Um, Sam is John-coded. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) Oh, I hate that, but it's correct. Like, you're not wrong. Look, at least Cass isn't (laughs) chalk-coded. Oh, I cannot wait to talk about absentee fathers with you. Like, later in the series is going to be a, a time. Speaking of Dean being Sam's parent, obviously this episode, Sam is like, well, I'm, obviously when we say Sam in this episode, half the time we're talking about Meg. So I've just been saying Meg when I mean possessed uh, Sam. Yeah, I'm Sam. just going to confuse myself. So from this point, if I'm talking about possessed Sam, I'm just going to say Meg to save confusion. I'm sorry if that makes it harder for people out there. I'm just confusing myself. So, obviously, yeah, 90% of this episode... It's not Sam, It looks like Sam, but it's actually Meg. And so, there's a whole bunch of times where Meg just sort of plays like Sam's shutting down. Like, he's just like, oh my god, this is me coming into my destiny, and like, I'm full of rage, and I'm like, you know, I can't control, you know, my... Which, let's flash back again to the start of the season, when Sam is so fucking offended at the possibility that Dean may one day kill him. This is the fourth time Sam has explicitly asked Dean to kill him so he doesn't become a monster. And the fourth time Dean has said, I'm not going to fucking kill you, are you insane? Yeah, and also, like, he asks him multiple times within this one episode span. And I think Meg makes the point, like, you know, Dean asks, why didn't you kill me? You had dozens of chances. And she's like, well, because I wanted to see if I could get you to kill Sam. Obviously, that's way more fun, you know. And I think it's really interesting. Like, they're trying to push the, like, they're trying to push him to his break. They're trying to find, okay, at what point does he crack? And does, at what point does he kill Sam? How evil can Sam be before he will kill Sam? Yeah. And actually, there's a really interesting, like, obviously, you know about the whole sort of idea of, like, God. Yes. A really interesting, like, theme, if you think about, like, in the Bible, Cain and Abel. Yeah. If you, like, follow, like, think about the story of Cain and Abel, like, following through the series and, like, with the, like, thought of, like, God actually being in control of the story the whole time, it's very interesting seeing, like, this idea of what would it take for one brother to betray and kill the other. Because it's very much, like, what's going on here. There's the added layer of the fact that Dean isn't just Sam's brother. He's his fucking mum. And so it's like, 
And he even says in the episode, he's like, I have tried so hard to keep you safe. I would rather die than kill you. That's Dean's perspective. And then later in the episode, he talks about like, dad said I would have to kill you if I couldn't save you. And if I can't save you, then fuck everything. That's, that's my only goal. I will save you if I do nothing else with the rest of my life. Ooh, I think that I should do my PSA early this week. Oh, well, okay. I remember. Yeah. What do you think my PSA is this week, Bethany? I didn't have one specifically, but if I had to guess, building on last week's PSA yep. of, like, cyber safety, yep. I would suggest, very reminiscent of, like, Harry Potter, mm. when they come up with, like, codes to make sure that the person they're talking to is actually the person they think they're talking to and it's not like someone with polyjuice potion or something, you should come up with fun questions to ask your friends to make sure they're not possessed by a demon. You do know the whole point of my PSAs are they they are things that could theoretically happen in actual um, life. Okay, prove demons aren't real. <laughs> Sorry, I just watched the season fin- uh, well series finale of BuzzFeed Unsolved Supernatural. So... Jesus I'm just Christ. thinking about I'm thinking about multiple kinds of demons. Good <laughs> Ryan, aren't you? Oh yeah, I'm a Bugara. Like, okay, here's the thing. I'm what are the what's that one that they talk about when you're in the middle? Something oh, fish. Shitfish. Shitfish. I'm a shitfish. I do believe in like the paranormal, but I also think sometimes it's just the fucking wind, bro. <laughs> so I'm a shitfish. I, I mean, I've established my opinion on this podcast already, so I think it's pretty obvious which camp I fall under. Fucking shamiac all the way. <laughs> oh, no, but what's your opinion on the hot doggo? I think it was really entertaining, but not because it itself was entertaining, but because of Ryan the way hated Ryan hated it. I fucking loved the hot doggo. Like, probably like 70% of its entertainment value was because of how much Ryan hated it. Mm-hmm. The other 30% was just because of how fucking balls to the wall yeah. redonkulous it was. I think I adored the hot dogger all the way up until the plopples. Mm. From the plopples onward, I was like, I'm confused now. <laughs> but I really appreciate that Shane has taken that energy to like puppet history and stuff yeah. on Watcher because, oh, what a vibe. Okay, anyway, my PSA yeah, for the sorry. day. <laughs> you are so far away from my PSA for the day. Because my PSA for the day is something so mundane. Okay. And run of the mill. Like it's an everyday sort of thing. Don't walk in after closing time and expect to be fucking served. <gasps> I should have fucking known that. Yeah. Fuck people like if that. If a business closes at a certain time, put your orders in before that time. Oh my god. Like, I do not want to stay for an extra half a fucking hour because you want to come in after closing. The number of fucking times when I worked in fast food when people would come in and, like, we would still be cooking and they would walk in 10 minutes after close and I'd be like, oh, fucking okay. So I'd place their order and then they'd go to sit in dining room and I'd be like, I'm sorry, you can't eat in. And they'd be like, um, why not? And I'd be like, because we closed 30 minutes ago. And they'd be like, oh, we'll just be a minute. I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is not a request. I'm telling you to fucking leave. Like, or you'd be mopping around people. And it's like, take the fucking hint. If I'm mopping under your feet, you should go. <laughs> but, so that's my PSA for the day, because, I mean, Sam is possessed. But still, he comes in. Joe's like, we're closed. You fuck off, you know? Yeah, do you know what, though? Speaking of treating customer service people should leave, he threw a bottle of hard liquor 
at some random fucking cashier's head at the petrol station and like stole some cigarettes. That fucking scene is so funny, actually. Just like Dean being like, like the cashier. Yeah, the cashier's like, and then they did this and this. And Dean's like, this guy? Him. You saw him smoking. And Sandy that cuts to Sam standing outside, like the picture of innocence with his little hands in his pockets. Like, <laughs> like um, he's been put in the naughty corner. Peak comedy. Well, he kind of has. <laughs> it's like, you go sit outside in the car. I mean, to be fair though, at this point, it's still Meg. Oh, so yeah. Meg knows exactly <laughs> what she did to the cashier. Right. Oh God. Meg is, she truly is a method actor. She's an actress and a half, like, mwah, mm, Meg, mm-hmm. flawless, oh, astounding. Yeah. Can we give her, like, the Emmy yet? <laughs> oh, okay, so while I'm speaking of Meg mm-hmm. and her choices, her acting voices, <laughs> usually that's how we refer to, like, Misha's acting choices, but Misha and Meg both start with mm-hmm. M, so I don't, I don't know how to differentiate. Maybe if we make it, like, a meh sound for Meg? Mechting? Mechting. Mises? I don't know. It doesn't work. <laughs> Forget I ever said it. But she, obviously, as a demon, we've seen Dacting doises? Like demon? Dacting doises. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so Meg's dacting doises. So she she chooses, and we've seen this happen before with other demons. A Phantom Traveler, I think, yeah. it was the first one, where they demons will manipulate you by telling you either truths that they, like, know will hit you hard or by lying to you. And it's, like, it's really difficult sometimes to tell, are they lying to me because they know that this will get to me or are they telling me the truth because they know it'll get to me? Mm. And it's, like, it's very tricky of them. And she does this multiple times through the episode. She does it to uh, Jo uh, when she says, like, oh, you know, I can see that you like Dean or whatever, but, like, he thinks of you just as a little sister. Like, you know, he doesn't see you as an equal. He definitely doesn't see you as a romantic interest. Like, what are you like kidding yourself and it's like yeah so she does that there but then further on she talks about how her dad died and what john's actual involvement was which ellen didn't know we assume from what meg says and obviously joe didn't know and to be fair no one can really confirm or deny what happened because no one left alive to corroborate meg's story so it's it's hard but then also you know accuses Dean like are you really that scared of being alone that you won't kill me being Meg slash Sam to save her and it's like first of all yes he really is that scared of being alone she completely reads him but like second of all it's this very interesting like she's playing every card at once like she's using she's weaponizing Sam's internalized like fears she's weaponizing dean's internalized fears she's weaponized like she's she's weaponizing all of their own internal anguishes simultaneously an icon yeah (laughs) god damn i wish i was that effective at torturing people i mean i have a supernatural podcast so maybe i am that effective at torturing people also quick question on the point of joe how the fuck did she know where to look for dean he just jumped out a damn window she rang his cell phone yeah, but how did she get in, like, close enough to the cell phone to hear it? So she, he's just jumped out a window. Well, I'm assuming, because, like, when they jump out the window, it's sort of, like, the waterfront, like, pier thing. Oh, okay. And I then, didn't know that. I was just like, he's just fucking jumping out a window, going anywhere. And then and she just Dean gets up. shot. Yeah. And he sort of gets down underneath. So I was assuming she just sort of walked out. She was just ringing Dean's cell phone over oh. and over again. And, like, if he's underneath, she probably faintly heard it and sort of just, like... 
Follow. Follow the noise. Quick. The same thing you do when you lose your phone in like the couch. <laughs> True. Quick note. There ain't no fucking way his damn flip phone is still <laughs> working. I know that. <laughs> I was the, like, what is he sticking it in rice? Like, like look. <laughs> I understood how she found him. And she found him through the phone. I don't understand how his phone survived. So theoretically, she shouldn't have been able to find him. Yeah, like, right. Like, that's There's not... no fucking way that technology that survived. <laughs> like, that shit is gone. It's... Yeah. Rip. But no, so that's how I assume she found him. Yeah. And then, obviously, we get the fantastic scene of Joe patching Dean up mm-hmm. and being like, all right, like, where are we off to next? And Dean's like, um, you're not coming. And... All I could think watching that scene was like, Dean, don't be a fucking dumbass. Like, you need backup in this. You're clearly in way over your head. Joe already knows the situation. Like, the least you can do is accept her fucking help. Like, you're better than to be as stupid as John. Because, like, John's biggest thing was just, like, I don't need anybody else. Not letting other people in and therefore, like, putting them in danger or putting them in danger by leaving them out of the loop. You know what I think would be truly iconic, though? What? Meg possessing Joe. Ooh, what a fun duo. Am I right? I love that. I think that actress has the range as well. Yeah. She is a very talented actress, actually. And there are some scenes, there's a particular scene with her in it that I have never made it through without crying, like bawling my eyes out. So I'm very keen for you to get to that point because her like performance is just, it's so good. Is this one of the actresses who plays Meg Dunn? The oh, Joe. Oh, Joe. Yeah, okay. who plays Joe. Yeah. yeah. That, that, Sorry. Like, <laughs> were we talking about like Meg here or like? Yes, no, the actress who plays Joe, there is, yeah, a particular scene. But yes, no, John, John, my God, Dean is being a dumb ass in not accepting Joe's help, in my opinion. What really confused me though mm. was... Dean was like, oh, they're going to go after the closest hunter. Yeah. Okay. Which is Bobby. Yeah. I don't understand how Dean, son of Mr. John Winchester, I don't need anybody else's help. Yeah. Winchester. No, <laughs> Winchester <whether> twice. <laughs> no, it's Dean the, and then Winchester. Sure. Winchester's in there twice because it's John Winchester, which is... Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's sandwiched in there. Sure. Okay. Knows where the closest hunter is. But Joey, I used to work at my bar that was frequently yeah. <laughs> frequented by hunters. Yeah. Doesn't know where the yeah. and like it makes sense that it's Bobby because Bobby doesn't strike me as the sort of person who goes to bars. Yeah, a lot. he and Joe probably aren't on a face to face friendly level. No, yeah, but like still, like it's like the whole like one of the things Joe has going for her is like the years of connections. Like yes, yeah, she knows so many hunters because they all pass through Harvells. While they were... It's Harbells, right? Yeah. Yes, the Roadhouse, yeah. She has so many years of connections and so many connections in the Hunter community because she worked at the Roadhouse for with so Ellen many years too. with Ellen. How is it that, yeah. you know, Mr. I'm just like my father and I work alone <laughs> fucking knows where the closest Hunter is, but she doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And actually, as he's leaving, he's like, I'll call you later. And she's just like... No, you won't. And, like, honestly, that is such a thesis statement. Like, how many fucking times they're like, we'll see you, we'll call you, like, catch you around. Missouri. Missouri. Fucking exactly. Yes. You know. But, yeah, no, like, I love that she's like, no, you fucking won't. And she's right. He won't. Like, they, they talk so much shit, these boys. Like, and then they just fucking don't deliver. Quick, uh, quick other note before we move on from uh, Joe and Bobby. 
I do love that everyone's immediate reaction upon seeing Sam is to ask where Dean is. <laughs> it's, like, it's so funny. It's, it's kind of like, um, if you see one without the other, you assume something terrible has happened. To be uh, fair, though, as far as I can tell, it's very rare that Dean goes missing as more Sam. Like, <laughs> as evidence by the fact he's already gone missing twice. To Zine Zero. Yeah, I think what's what's funny is uh, Dean forms a lot of, like, friendships where Sam doesn't. Like, Dean has a lot, like, by the end of the series especially, like, Dean's got friendships. There's all, there's gay undertones in all of them. Okay. It's, like, LGBT chosen family sort of shit. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, it's definitely unlikely friends. Mm. Like, friends that you're, like... Especially, like, looking at season one, Dean, if you knew about some of the friendships he had by, like, season, like, ten, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes, it's definitely an interesting uh, development. I do have a few more questions. Oh. Um, question. I would like answers to. I will do my best without spoiling. <laughs> I, I will read you out. I've got three notes in a row that I really love because I find them really funny in sequence. <laughs> it's, yay, Joe! I love Joe. Let's not kill her. Oh, and then there's, I will quit if I have to. <laughs> Not even going to lie. If they killed Joe in the second season, I'd probably quit. I'd be like, That's nah, fair. already murdered off, like, one of the only characters that I like. Like, I'm done. Yeah. No, that, honestly, I wouldn't support you because it would leave me alone with this podcast, but I would understand. Going back a bit, we've already jumped over this. We've already discussed the scene where they jump through the window. Yeah. When Sam specifically jumps through the window and, like, the window smashes. Uh-huh. Looks like they just grabbed a mannequin and like shh, threw it <laughs> in the window. Like that one scene in Phantom Travel where that person <laughs> just is just like a plank. <laughs> yeah, like, this the, it's like, it's like they were like, "How are we gonna film this?" I know, catapult, mannequin <laughs> with a wig, mannequin. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Oh god. Like, and I understand that. Like, the half the point is like. Demons don't really give a shit about the body they're inhabiting. Because, like, yeah. as evidenced by Meg's original body that we met her in, yeah. like, she fell four stories, stories or some something. shit yeah. like that. And, like, Meg the demon got up and walked it off. And then later, of course, the body did not survive yeah. the injuries. But, like, it doesn't really make it... Like, they can use a body no matter how broken it is. Like, they don't yeah. give a shit. Mm-hmm. But, like... Yeah. It just, like... It was straight through the window. I'm like, ooh, that is a choice. Yeah. While uh, we're quickly talking about Meg and her previous, like, not death, I guess, I realised we didn't talk about the fact that last time she was at Bobby's and under the same demon trap, she was easily exercised. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this time... She's learned some new tricks. She's learned some new tricks. She has essentially had a demon promotion. Ooh. And I was just wondering what maybe your thoughts are on that development. She's glowing. She's flawless. (laughs) She's perfect. Meg, as always, is... A girl boss. <laughs> and she do be gatekeeping. Just go to and gas gaslighting. <laughs> she be doing that too. <laughs> she really lit those flames behind her. But she actually was gaslighting like a little bit in this episode. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Actually. Like, it's really funny though. Like watching. Because uh, like earlier on when you. Like after they've revealed that like Sam is possessed. Mm-hmm. Like the little bits of like Jared acting as Sam. To like Jared acting as Meg when nobody's looking. Yeah. Oh. It's good. Like, just, like, the smug mm. aura that, yeah. like, permeates, like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's that girl boss energy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no. I do, actually, while they're in the house, I always find it interesting when, like we were saying before, like, the demons, they really weaponize stuff 
against you. And in this instance, Dean is basically just letting the shit get beat out of him. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just letting it happen. And it's partially, I think, because he doesn't want to hurt Sam. Partially because it gives Bobby the opportunity to sneak up while Meg is preoccupied smashing Dean's face in, right? Yeah. And she makes the point of, like, whatever I do to you, it's nothing like what you do to yourself. I can see it in your eyes. You're worthless. You couldn't save your dad. And deep down, you know that you can't save your brother. They'd have been better off without you. And it's like, I think that particular quote is a really interesting example of both her lying to get at him and her telling the truth to get at him. When she says, whatever I do to you is nothing like what you do to yourself. Truth. Truth. Um, I can see it in your eyes. Truth. When she says he's worthless, that's the first lie because he's not actually worthless, but he thinks he is. So like she's weaponizing his internal thought, even though it's not a truth, she's telling him that it is, right? But she's also in that moment making the first section more true. Yeah. By making his self-value drop and making his Uh treatment of himself worse. Yeah. And then like you couldn't save your dad. Deep down, you know you couldn't save your brother. These might be things that he... Like, he couldn't save his dad, I guess that's right. But also, John fucking walked into that. Like, John made that decision. That wasn't Dean's fault in any way, but he certainly does blame himself. And again, with Sam, like, he he's worried that he might not be able to help Sam. But, like, he's really going for the optimistic. He's really trying to be like, no, I'll figure it out. We'll sort. Like, it'll be okay. Come on, bro. You know? And, like, they'd been better off without you. That is obviously a lie, but combining it with the rest, like, it cuts deep. Yeah. You know, and I just thought that was a really interesting, like, little bit that sort of showcased both the lying and the truth-telling. And it's like, you know that thing where it's easier to to take a lie if it's smothered in the truth? Like, if you tell someone, like, four true things and one lie, they'll just believe the lie because it's surrounded by truth. Okay. Are we allowed to move on? Have you finished? Oh, yes. Yeah. You can okay. please interrupt me. I would really like to know if the telekinesis... Is Meg or Sam? Oh! Because Sam has shown hints of telekinesis before. And we've already established via the yellow-eyed demon that the demon gains whatever powers the vessel they're inhabiting has. Hence why the yellow-eyed demon had to inhabit a reaper to kill John Winchester and trade his life force for Dean's. I don't remember if we've ever seen Meg use telekinesis. Have we? Because it could be part of her, like, glow up, like a new power she hasn't had before. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen Meg have telekinesis, but, like, we know Sam has some form of telekinesis. Yeah. Do you know what's really funny is it could be Meg... And we also know that demons get the powers of the body they inhabit. Yeah. Like, that is an established thing. It could be Meg using her own powers. It could be Meg harnessing and... Because, yeah. Enhancing... Sam's powers. I guess you could if look Sam at Sam has them way. innately, mm. just because he hasn't learned how to use them doesn't mean somebody else when they're can't. driving the meat suit can't ha- ha- yeah can't harness them. Oh, here's a fun thought experiment. Ooh, love me some thought experiments. Okay, so say as like a demon, you have this like ability. You can do like a backflip, okay. like a step from standing. Mm-hmm. You can do a backflip. Okay. When you were a human being, you had the ability to do that. Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> Say Spider-Man Becomes became a demon. A demon. Okay. okay, but he has the like logical and following the it. the calisthenic ability still, right? Yeah. If Spider-Man, Peter Parker, okay, Tom Holland, yeah, then 
What about Andrew Garfield? I've only known Tom Holland as, as Spider-Man, but whichever Spider-Man takes your fancy. Toby Maguire. Okay, Toby Maguire. Let's say Toby Maguire's demon self. Okay. After eons of torture and hell. Yeah. Was then to possess me. Okay. Now, I, as a person, cannot do a backflip. I especially cannot do one from standing. That's a physical impossibility in my current form. If I was possessed by Tobey Maguire's demon form, could he puppeteer my body into a standing backflip? Or is it not possible because of my physical incapabilities? Like, because I don't have that muscle, like, I don't have that training. Depends, is my answer. Okay. So the question is not rather, do you know how to do a backflip from standing? Yeah. But do you have the musculature required to be able to do a backflip from standing? Not the training, not that, but like... Physically, are your legs strong enough to be able to do a backflip from standing? Well, potentially, yes. Exactly. So then you would be able to do it because they have the, the knowledge. knowledge of how to do it. Because that's, I, I don't know, you might be physically capable of doing a backflip from standing. Okay. But like, you don't know, you've never tried. So, and you're probably wise to not try because without proper training, you're probably going to hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, look, I could literally injure myself getting out of bed. So I would not... Be looking to attempt a standing backflip anytime soon. Okay, so same theory then. Okay. If I, okay, as me, my mm-hmm. consciousness mm-hmm. were to go into Toby Maguire's body, yep. I would not be able to do a standing backflip because I, in my consciousness, have never learned how to do that. Is that correct? No. But because, because I would be able to access you his memory. Gain his memories, which means that you would gain the knowledge to be able to do the backflip. That's so weird. So like the way I'm thinking of it, at least in my yeah. brain, like I it might makes be sense, but it's like it's bizarre that it goes, it doesn't go both ways. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like it's physical limitations, but like the demon gains all of their physical abilities and all of their knowledge. Yeah. So if the demon then possessed knowledge to do something that they are physically capable of, yeah. theoretically they would be able to do it. But it's just like if I don't know. If they had been in an accident and confined to a hospital bed for like two mm-hmm. years and no longer had enough strength to walk, they wouldn't be able to miraculously walk. If the musculature isn't there already, I don't think they'd be able to do it without training. Well, that's interesting because in later seasons, we do come across a demon who possesses the body of a coma patient. And they can walk? And the coma like they just fucking walk right out of the hospital. Okay, so then, no, my entire point is moot. It doesn't matter at <laughs> Do all. I don't know how, I don't remember how long they had been in a coma. It could have been, like, three hours. If it... But they were, like, brain dead. Yeah. But if they, if they can make somebody who is physically incapable of walking walk, they can make the body do anything. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. There is a character who is in a wheelchair for quite a period of time, and I don't think they are ever possessed. Because if they had been possessed and then were able to, like, walk and stuff, that would obviously lend a different... Yeah. But I'm not sure. Because obviously they can continue to walk regardless of how injured the body is. Yeah. But that's different to, like, like having the physical... But then you can, like, do things like demons have more physical strength than like, yeah. a non-possessed So person. I would say then... That it so then Toby Maguire could yeah. meet Suit Puppeteer me into doing a backflip. Yeah. Oh, dude, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever start just doing backflips, you'll know. <laughs> Maguire has possessed my vessel. Okay. Oh god, we haven't had one of those little tangents for a while. 
I like those. <laughs> Where we like just go on about something like complete fucking. <laughs> but no. So my two theories are either it is limited by the musculature capabilities of the body, uh-huh. or they can do whatever they fuck fuck they want. It's their meat suit. They have more control over it than like an average human would have over their body. So if they theoretically know how to do like a backflip, they can do a backflip. They could just make me do a backflip. Yeah. Oh man, that's scary. <laughs> I mean, like, the concept of being possessed in general is scary, but, like, the idea that they could, like, miraculously contort my body, like, know my body's limitations better than me, I hate that. Like, I've been in my body f- for the entirety of me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we found my crisis point. It's been a while since I had one of those. I don't think I've had a crisis. Have I had a crisis yet in season two? I don't think you've had a proper proper crisis this season. Shit. Look. I just want to know, like, is Sam inherently capable of that sort of telekinesis? Or is that an ability that Meg brought to the table? Given that he has displayed the potential before, I think it is something that he has the ability to, like, it is within him. But I, like, he obviously hasn't, like, explored it very much. So I think it's a potential. It could be either. It could be Sam. It could be Meg. Either way, in this particular instance, I don't think it makes a huge difference because it's, like, same, like, end effect but it would be interesting to know like i think that would be mm. quite interesting look as we go forward we'll see if meg ever uses it again yeah <laughs> and then we'll know uh it'll be our own little uh our own little experiment i did have one question for you okay now we we talked a lot last episode about sam um it was a very sam heavy episode this mm-hmm. episode also very sam heavy we didn't really get into it that much because Wrong. we spent it's a meg heavy episode and I you're it. right we obviously didn't talk about it that much this episode because we spent so long on it last episode but I wanted to check is there anything about this particular plot about Sam about how he's coping obviously a lot of the stuff we got from him this episode was actually while he was Meg so it's a bit difficult but like is there anything here that you think is worth bringing up or that you thought was interesting anything you're keen to see explored nothing in this episode I attribute to Sam nothing He was literally himself for about two minutes at the end. Oh, yeah. Did I miss anything? That's it. Highlight. The rest of the episode is Meg, which I'm dismissing as Meg. Like, that goes in the Meg character development box, not the Sam character development box. Because, yes, she is using knowledge she has gained from Sam's brain to manipulate people. But because she's manipulating people... It's inherently not Sam. It's inherently A, not Sam... And B, you can't confirm that it's the truth because she's trying to manipulate people and as she's a demon, she doesn't really give a shit whether it's true or false. Uh She just wants the end result of them being whatever Whatever she's trying to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. In that case, how would you rate this episode of Supernatural Born Under a Bad Sign? I'm going to give this one a three out of five. Pretty mediocre for me. As much as I love like Meg and Joe, it was just like... And "Eh." Bobby... Yeah, I um I think I actually agree with this one. I like like I said, I came back into this episode not really remembering it, mm-hmm. and I think there's a reason why. I've definitely heard this one as like the title has come up enough on Tumblr that I recognized it, and I was like, oh, I'm like keen to rewatch it. Yeah. But I think honestly, especially coming off the back of um Houses of the Holy, it's kind of underwhelming. Yeah. And you're right, like, anything that you get from Sam this episode is kind of, like, undercut by the fact that it's actually Meg. Yeah. And, like, you get some insight, but, again, it's hard to tell what's true and what's bullshit, because, again, like, it's Meg. Like, we know Sam's scared and Sam's full of rage, but, like... We know Dean's not going to kill him, go, too. Ah, this is 
the extent to which he is sad and full of rage because at the end of the day, it's Meg in the meat suit. Yeah, exactly. Like it's she's not making the call. Sam, like she's picking at Sam's brain and selectively choosing things. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it's not. It would be character development if it had been Meg in the first half of the episode, and then the second half he wasn't possessed, then he Sam's was just reaction. trying to yeah. pick up the pieces of like the crisis of killing a hunter, etc. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even touch on that, by the way. But quick note: now that Dean is wanted by the FBI. Sam is also wanted by a pack of hunters. Not that they know necessarily. Which, I didn't even mention it, but it it is something that I wanted to talk about. Dean's solution to deleting the security (laughs) team is to smash the computer. (laughs) Which, first of all, wouldn't do shit unless you, like, specifically damaged the, The hard drive. Well, the hard drive, or, like, it could have been autosaved to, like, an external storage, like, an SSD or something, not in probably 2007, but, like, you know... So Unless he specifically damages the storage card where it is like He saved. would have been better off just taking the whole box and putting yeah. it in the fucking trunk. Like anyway. Yes, no, that was bizarre. Which looking at the house, it looks like the telekinesis was used there as well. Cause there are some things about the way they've staged that set that don't just look like they've been like smashed into whatever. I did not pay enough attention to be able to, like, say, oh, yeah, I noticed that, or, like, to be like, I don't agree with you. Well, I actually thought telekinesis, like, really early on in the episode, not just specifically when Meg's throwing people about the room with it. Because, yeah, that first, when they're retracing the steps and they find the house, Mm -hmm. they find the smashed-in window, they walk through the hallway, and it's like... Oh, the glass on the ground and stuff. Yeah, you got the glass on the ground, which is, like, that's from smashing the window, whatever. But, like, some, like, like, there's just a picture that's slightly off that's like an at an angle and it's like it seems weird that they would have hit that in such a way that it would have yeah not come off the wall or had any like damage through it but just been at a slightly like obviously you don't see it it's but it just to me it kind of implied that there's telekinesis i don't know i like i said i wasn't really paying enough attention but i think it'd be interesting to look back maybe if if anyone listening has only just watched the episode i mean we only watched it today but like or is about to watch this episode after listening like just look Tell us, what do you think? Does it look like there was telekinesis involved in that fight? Chime off on Twitter. Tell Jamie what you think. Take screenshots. Analyze them. It'll be fun. <laughs> the next episode, so episode 15 of the second season, is called Tall Tales. Do you have any predictions, hopes, fears, dreams? Well, based on it, it's going to be something based in stories. The episode that comes to mind when I hear that is actually a supernatural episode, specifically Hell House. And the topper, which is a story which creates a monster. Oh, okay. I don't think they're going to do that again. Yeah. Because that was like a weirdly specific, seemed like sort of like a once in a million coincidence. Yeah, I don't think we ever come across a topper again. It seems unlikely given what had to happen for the first topper to be made. Yeah. But it has to be some sort of like, they're telling stories about something. Maybe it's like a, like the usual suspects or something. Where it's sort of oh, like they're telling the story and it's like intercut between what actually happened and what they're saying. Yeah, I can see I that. I don't think they're going to be in a police station because that seems... Again, be... they've already done it and recently. Yeah. Yeah. But like I maybe that sort of vibe of episode in terms of like... Different perspectives. Different perspectives and like different stories and like how they relate to the actual... Like overarching. Overarching thing. Okay, cool. I... Either that or maybe it's about a giraffe. <laughs> I recently learned how big moose are. 
Did you know how big moose are? Yeah. How big do you think a moose is? They're like six to eight feet tall. I thought a moose was the same size as a cow. No. Yeah, I now realise I'm wrong. I saw a TikTok literally yesterday. I'm 23. My entire life, whenever someone has talked about a moose, I have imagined like a deer with the buffness of a cow. Okay. That's been my mental image. And then I saw a TikTok of a moose that would barely fit in my garage. It's huge. What <laughs> the fuck? It really fucked me up. <laughs> I was just staring at my phone. I thought it was fake. I was like, this it's TikTok. I was like, there is no way this was real. There is no way this... I literally Google searched and like found a bunch of references to see what how big a fucking moose is because I did not believe it. I was like, this has been edited. There is no... That thing, that looks like it's from the fucking megafauna period. Like, you know when we used to have wombats that were like the size of cars and like fucking kangaroos that were 10 foot tall? That is what I think about a moose. I'm sorry. I've had two crises now. I really... It really fucked me up for like a solid 30 minutes. And every single person I have, I saw my mother today and one of the first things I asked her is, do you know how big the moose is? I was like, I feel like you failed me as a parent by not informing me how absurd these animals are. Yeah, no, they're more like the size of a horse, but like buffer. I honestly, I feel like a horse is small compared to the moose. Like now that I've seen them, I'm like... I'm not talking about a pony, I'm talking about an actual horse. Yeah, but like, even so. Have you stood next to a horse neck before? Yeah, I've been on a horse before. I almost, well, they told me to put, they told me to put my right leg up first, and I didn't. I put my left leg up first, which meant I ended up sitting backwards on the horse. I'm not very good at riding horses. I'm quite good, actually. Um, I'm, yeah, yeah, you are. I was starting to learn, um, jumping. I'm bad. Horses scare me. Horses and birds. Smick in their eyes. I feel like they don't like me. I used to ride like a. It was a horse. Her name was Xena. She oh, was gorgeous. Like the warrior horse. princess. Like the warrior princess. Cute. Fucking love Xena. The horse or the show? Both. Anyway, sorry about my moose uh-huh. tangent. Okay, so. Uh, that seems to just about do it for today. If you wanted to interact with us at all any further, other than listening to us blab on in your ears for about an hour every week, you can always hit us up on social media. You can find Jamie over on Twitter at DriverPixPod. I think you should let her know what celebrity demon you would want to possess you and what skill you would want them to bring to your body. I want to do a backflip. <laughs> yeah, I want to do a backflip. <laughs> And if you want to interact with Bethany, you can find her on Tumblr at Driver Fix the Podcast. And I think she wants to know if you become a demon, what special skill are you bringing to the table? Like, Ooh. yeah, like what will be your signature? Yeah, I love that. What's your demon mo? Yeah, <laughs> really, just crazy. Is it tying so demon to, character? Is it tying people to poles like Meg? <laughs> yeah. Um, what skills do you bring in to the table as a human being to become a demon? <laughs> it's like you're you applying know, for the shittiest yeah. internship of all time. <laughs> what are you bringing to the table of Hell Incorporated? I love that. <laughs> Send your resumes. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed and hope to have you back next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.